0: is the wrestling takeover podcast thank you guys for joining me on this friday june 18th 2021 what i got for you guys today is pro wrestling topics number 34 there's a lot of news to get into in the world of professional wrestling kicking off with the wwe right here on the wrestling takeover edgar drop that intro time to go to work welcome to <laughs> you're listening to the wrestling takeover what is your name with your host jordan turner who's always gonna keep it real come on king inside and outside the ring let me make myself clear he's got the bands behind him king it's time to take over king are you ready he's all fired up now king take over let's go let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go y'all you already know what it is welcome everybody back to the wrestling takeover podcast today there's a lot of wrestling news to get into today you guys and we're kicking it off with the wwe portion and before we get into it i want to quickly say to you guys thank you for the continued love and support that i have been receiving on my show and thank you guys shout out to everybody on instagram that is following at the wrestling takeover on the ig account we're over 300 plus fans 300 plus followers i can't thank you guys enough shout out to every single one of you and it means a lot that you guys want to listen to someone like myself and i'm very passionate about what i talk about and i love professional wrestling i'm a big fan and i want to be in the business as a creative writer if you guys know that if you guys are new to the podcast my name is jordan turner and i'm a big wrestling head and one of my dream goals is to be a creative writer for a wrestling promotion particularly the wwe i'm gonna have a lot of creative ideas that i'm gonna be bringing to you guys today on the show hope you guys join me tuning in make sure you guys go subscribe and follow To The Wrestling Takeover. It's an up and coming podcast. We're doing great things. And we're all a great family here, man. Nobody is, you know, disrespecting each other and everything like that. I appreciate everybody that is listening to the show. So let's get right into it. With the first topic today. Talking about WWE Hell in a Cell 2021. So, Hell in a Cell, I... Personally, to me, I don't know what you guys feel. You guys might think differently, and that's fine. But the Hell in a Cell build has not been great. If you guys know me, y'all know what it is. Y'all know that Hell in a Cell doesn't feel the same to me. You guys know that I've been complaining for a long time. Even before I even created and started up the podcast... I've been saying this for years, that the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view needs to go. It's got to go, go away for a couple years in terms of, you know, the stipulation, the gimmick. But in terms of its own pay-per-view, it's got to go officially away. Like, it's got to get out of the pay-per-view calendar, the pay-per-view schedule. Um, I'm tired of these gimmick, you know, pay-per-views having its own thing. Throughout the year in WWE Pay-per-views like these Are not necessary To me, Hell in a Cell is When you in feuds And You know, the stipulation to me It doesn't have that legendary Luster That it, you know, had years ago Hell in a Cell to me Doesn't feel the same If you guys agree Let me know, if you don't Let me know But I think you guys do agree that Hell in a Cell, in terms of a pay-per-view, has got to go. Period. End of story. So, we're going to kick it off with these predictions today. We're going to be talking about WWE Hell in a Cell. Let's kick it off with the WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley, the champion, is going to go one-on-one with Drew McIntyre once again. Um, I want to talk about... The breaking news that happened yesterday. The WWE announced that Rey Mysterio versus Roman Reigns is actually happening tonight on Friday Night Smackdown inside Hell in a Cell. Now, immediately I thought to myself, okay, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley are going to main event Hell in a Cell this Sunday instead of Roman Reigns and Rey Mysterio. The reason why I felt that way was because, number one, Roman Reigns has stated that he's either wanting to go last or he wants to go first. That's that type of character, and I feel like he really means that. I feel like that wasn't him just saying that in a character form. I feel like Joanna Y really means that. You know, I'd rather go first or last. If I'm not going last, I want to go first. That would be my mentality as well. If I'm not going last, I'll go first. I'll put on a show so good that people are going to have a hard time following up with that match. That was the mentality that I would have. But Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio is happening tonight on Friday Night SmackDown. And so that should be very interesting. Are they actually going to have a one-on-one match for the title inside Hell in a Cell On SmackDown. Is this a ratings grab? For sure. Of course it is. But everybody's talking about it. Everybody is going to be tuning in to Mysterio, Reigns, SmackDown, Fox, Inside Hell in a Cell. So great promotion from the WWE there. Shout out to you guys for actually doing that. But I'm iffy on it. Are we actually going to get these two Inside Hell in a Cell? Are we actually going to get a match between the two? Or is Roman Reigns going to use Jey Uso? Or in this case, most likely, Jimmy Uso inside Hell in a Cell. So as of now, their are matches off the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. So I can't really predict it. But I will say this. I'll predict what happens tonight. I believe one of the Usos is going to replace Roman Reigns, and we're going to get something like that. Or if we do get those two inside Hell in a Cell, Roman Reigns is absolutely going to be Thanos and absolutely beat the living fuck, the living piss out of Rey Mysterio. That's what he needs to do. Show a statement that I'm a vicious motherfucker. The tribal chief, the head of the table. He is the Thanos of the WWE. He wears the gold gloves. He's the Thanos of the WWE. I can see Dominic also getting involved here. You know, maybe Roman beats the shit out of Dominic as well. I don't know. But something is going to happen. Emotions are going to run high. There's so much story that can be involved in this match. And I'm very invested in it. So, Mysterio reigns tonight. Are we going to see a part two on Sunday? As of now, the answer is no. We'll see what happens. So, that match, I'm predicting Roman Reigns is going to retain tonight, and we might not see anything on Sunday. What I think might happen is we get Reigns and Mysterio tonight, and then Sunday night, we get Jey Uso versus Jimmy Uso inside. Hell in a cell. They're pissed off at each other. Jay Uso is telling Jimmy, I gotta get my allegiance to the tribal chief, cuz. Period. Jimmy Uso ain't having that. Jimmy Uso's, I don't give a fuck what Roman Reigns says. You're my fucking brother. Roman Reigns is our cousin. He ain't our blood, though. Get it, Uso? So those two guys can go hand in hand they can square it off on Sunday night inside Hell in a Cell. I pitched that on the podcast, and I also pitched that idea on social media, on Twitter. I mentioned that Jimmy Uso versus Ray, uh, not Ray Mysterio, Jimmy Uso versus Jey Uso should be inside Hell in a Cell. And if Jimmy Uso wins, he's getting Jey Uso back. The Usos, they're in the tag team division once again. But if Jay Uso wins, Jimmy Uso needs to pledge his allegiance to the tribal chief, to the head of the table, Roman Reigns, the universal champion. So there's a lot of bustable elements here that can happen tonight and on Sunday. We'll see what happens. Roman Reigns is going to retain tonight. That's my prediction. Let's talk about Bobby, Bobby Lashley. And Drew McIntyre. I'm over this feud. They have good chemistry. They had a great match at Backlash. They also had a great match at WrestleMania. This is the third match. This match deserves to be the main event. No question. And being this the main event. Does... Drew McIntyre win the WWE championship? Or does Bobby Lashley retain the WWE championship? I think Brock Lesnar is going to appear here. My prediction. I think Bobby Lashley is going to somehow retain Brock Lesnar is going to come back. He's going to appear He's going to take out both men, but Bobby Lashley is going to have the ability to still get on his feet, hit the spear to Drew, and retain the title, but I'm kind of going back and forth on it because the stipulation is if Drew McIntyre loses to Bobby Lashley on Sunday, Drew McIntyre will not be able to get another opportunity At the WWE Championship. As long as Bobby Lashley is. The WWE Champion. Now. When I heard that. I said to myself. That's kind of stupid. Because that means Drew McIntyre is going to win. He has to win. Right? Why would you add that stipulation. And not have Drew McIntyre. Beat Bobby Lashley. So. I'm. You know, I'm still torn on it, but at the end of the day, I'm a ride or die Bobby Lashley, like I said from day one when he won that championship on Raw. He needs to hold it for a couple months. Maybe lose it at SummerSlam to somebody. That's what I think is going to happen. I think Bobby Lashley's going to retain on Sunday night and we'll go on to the next month at Money in the Bank. We'll see what happens. Um, I feel like Drew McIntyre I'm not turning on Drew. I like Drew. I think his promos are completely cringe as a baby face. But Drew McIntyre has gotten opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. WWE has not built up anybody outside of Drew McIntyre to take on Bobby Lashley. But I do want to give the WWE credit. Long-term storytelling. That's been my complaint from WWE for many years now. Long-term storytelling. We're getting at what Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. So it's very hard for me to complain. I'm not going to complain. But at the end of the day, I am going with Bobby Lashley to retain the WWE Championship. That is my prediction. Next up, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship. On the line, Bayley versus Bianca Belair. The SmackDown Women's Champion. I feel bad for Bayley. I really do. She lost the SmackDown Women's Championship to Sasha Banks. And hasn't done nothing. Zero. Since losing that championship. She's been up and down. She appeared at WrestleMania. WrestleMania with Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil and the Bella Twins, something like that. But in terms of being in a high profile feud, she hasn't been pushed there. Bayley is a big deal. And I feel like Bayley is just a placeholder. That's facts. I'm sorry. I love Bayley. I don't want to say that. I'm a big fan of Bayley. I've always been a fan of Bailey, but I was just never a big fan of her face run. That's just me. But her heel run completely did a 360. I'm a big fan of her heel run. She deserves better. But She's not losing this match. Or she's not winning this match. Excuse me. She's not winning this match. Bianca is going to win. She is going to retain... And then what do you do with Bianca heading into Money in the Bank? We don't know. Where does Bailey go from here if she loses this match? I say when she loses, but we never know with WWE. We don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. But I want to talk about Bianca for a second. I love Bianca to death. EST, no question. I'm a supporter. But... Her run right now as champion really has not been memorable whatsoever. I hope I'm not the only one that has that vibe. That when I watch Bianca Belair, I don't get the EST. Period. I don't get that bitch attitude. Like, I'm that bitch. I'm the queen. I don't get that from Bianca. I got it from B in NXT. But I don't get that vibe with B on SmackDown. I don't get it with her. I don't know what it is. WWE always likes to mess up people's characters from NXT. All you have to do is simple. Take their characters from NXT and just drop them on Raw or SmackDown. Period. They're completely changing Rhea Ripley. They're changing Bianca. Don't get me started with Shayna Baszler. Okay? We'll talk about her in a little bit. But Bianca, she doesn't feel like the AST. I don't know what it is. She does not feel like the EST on Friday nights. Period. But Bianca's going to win here. My girl, my boo, Sasha Banks, she coming back. We're gonna get those two at SummerSlam. It should be great. It really should. I've come with ideas about Sasha Banks maybe winning money in the bank, this and that. Woo woo woo. We'll see what WWE comes up with. There's a lot of you know answers that might be seen after Hell in a Cell with the SmackDown Women's Championship. Who's next in line after Bailey loses to Bianca Belair heading into money in the bank? We'll see what happens. Next up for the Raw Women's Championship. We got the champion Rhea Ripley going one-on-one with the queen. Yeah, right. But the queen in this case, Charlotte Flair. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't give a fuck. The Raw Women's Division sucks. There's nobody other than Charlotte Flair. That's not Charlotte Flair's fault. That's not Rhea Ripley's fault. That's management's fault. They got nobody else. This feud with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley fucking sucks. Just like the feud with Bailey. And Bianca Belair fucking suck. What is the problem with booking women's wrestling on the main roster? See, I'm already getting hot. I'm going to talk about it in its own separate little topic in a little bit. But all I'm going to say is this. Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. I'm kind of already over it. I'm over it. I don't want to see it again. You know, these two women have great chemistry. Their feud has been absolutely terrible. Terrible, man. I don't even know what they're doing. I really don't. But at the end of the day, it's too soon to take the title off Rhea Ripley. Just like it's too soon to take the title off of Bianca Belair. Those two women will retain their respective championships on Sunday night. Rhea Ripley is going to retain... The question is, what the fuck is next? Who's next to step up against Rhea Ripley? At least I can come up with somebody to step up against Bianca Belair. That being Carmella. Carmella's incredibly underrated, man. She could step up and face Bianca at Money in the Bank for the title. Yes, Carmella will be A placeholder, no question. But at least she's a credible opponent for Bianca Belair. What about Rhea Ripley? What about the Raw Women's Division? Shayna Baszler? She's a joke. Nia Jax? She's a joke. Alexa Bliss? Very interesting. You got Bliss. But I don't know what the fuck they're doing with her right now. It's ridiculous. I know what's going on. I'm watching it. And it, I don't like what the fuck I'm looking at either with Alexa Bliss and this fiend, but they got Alexa Bliss there. Unless the feud is really going to continue heading into Money in the Bank, they got to come up with a new opponent for Rhea Ripley heading into Money in the Bank. Now, I always get this vibe with Charlotte Flair, just like I do with John Cena when John Cena is in championship matches. I always get a little bit nervous. Is John Cena going to become the new champ? I get that vibe with Charlotte. Great. Charlotte's going to become the new champion. I hope that is not the case. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Rhea Ripley is going to retain the aftermath of that. I have no idea. That's my thoughts on that. Like I said, the Universal Championship, Roman Reigns, we talked about that. Next up, Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler. Can we have a moment of silence for Shayna Baszler, please? What the? You know what? You know what? There's no reason to get riled up. There's no reason. All I'm saying is Shayna Baszler, you got to go talk to Triple H. Talk to Triple H. Let him know you're frustrated and you want to go back to NXT. Or ask for your release. Simple. Alexa Bliss. I like Alexa Bliss. But this character... Doesn't work. Don't work. It Doesn't work, man. Um, I came up with... You know, a character for Alexa Bliss. I was the only one that came up with this Harley Quinn-Joker combo. Nobody else in the IWC did. You know... And WWE had an opportunity to kind of give me that vibe of Joker, Harley Quinn. And they did for a little bit. I don't know what happened at WrestleMania. Not even going to go over it because I'm going to be even more pissed. Alexa Bliss is the fiend. I don't like it. I downright fucking hate it. I am not blaming Lexi. Not at all. This is not her fault. She's doing the best work that she possibly can with this character. This is not her fault at all. This is WWE creative being non-creative. Period. WWE, you messed up on The Fiend. Now you're messing it up with Alexa Bliss. You're just not interested in The Fiend character. I want Alexa Bliss to go back to her OG character. And you got to get rid of this Fiend Lily thing. Bring back Bray Wyatt. Give the Fiend back to Bray Wyatt. Give it back to him. Simple. That's it. Alexa Bliss is going to win. That is the card for WWE Hell in a Cell 2021, this upcoming Sunday. All right, guys, next up, WWE making plans to improve quality of their programming by 2021. (laughs) This is in the news, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to give you guys my thoughts. Shout out to Ringside News for the article. WWE making plans to improve quality of their programming by the end of 2021. We should get that, right? Cheers. Cheers. This is ridiculous. I'm praying. I'm hoping. You know, I hope WWE gets better. I want them to get better. It is what it is. Here's the article, man. WWE is in the middle of a bit of a rating slump. Bit of a rating slump. The ratings are fucking down consistently. Especially on Monday Night Raw. Their ratings keep going down and down and down again. So, they're in a slump as they bring back live fans. The company is hitting the road and their live tour is about to start in july they are also making plans for the future (laughs) plans for the future i'm gonna continue and some of them are very exciting andrew zarian of the matman podcast tweeted a very hopeful message while it is too early to reveal specifics at this time wwe is making plans to improve the quality of their programming As they have a few exciting things in the pipeline. So Andrew Zarian. Shout out to Andrew Zarian, man. Hardworking guy in the IWC. Shout out to the Matt Man Podcast. So he said, hearing a lot of exciting stuff on the WWE side of pro wrestling. Too early to post anything. But honestly, I am very hopeful we will see a quality turnaround by the end of the year. The end of 2021. Might look very different for WWE. We'll have to wait and see what they have planned. But 2020 was certainly a year that they might like to forget. Might like to... You know what? Might like to forget. The product sucks right now. Period. Roman Reigns is the only person that is literally the best thing in WWE. Raw is absolutely terrible. There is nothing on that show... That is really remotely interesting outside of one positive. That's Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. That's it. SmackDown, you got the Tribal Chief. You know, you got something with Sasha. The IC title situation is pretty interesting. But that's giving them a little bit too much credit. It is what it is, man. WWE improving their programming. I hope it's the case. Knowing them. I don't know. It's hard to kind of trust them. It really is. It's really hard to trust the WWE from that standpoint. Now, next up. This is crazy. This next news site is ridiculous. So, Fox and USA Network pitching lots of gimmick shows to the WWE. This is from Ringside News again. Fox and USA Network Pitching lots of gimmicked shows to the WWE. I'm going to read this article. And then I'm going to tell you why I'm the smartest motherfucker in the IWC. And why I am really the king of the IWC from a creative standpoint. Okay? I'm going to read this article first, though. Because this is ridiculous. WWE introduced the 24-7 title because the USA Network suggested it. Okay, The USA Network, go fuck yourself. You're not creative, and you're not the king. The 24-7 title was a failure. That's just my opinion. That title hasn't been seen for a while, but Akira Tower is the current champion. I didn't even know that title was still around, to be honest with you. So, I continue. The power of the networks can go... change wwe's plans and encourage them to make more that is apparently happening again we previously reported that king of the ring is rumored to be coming back there are also reports of a cyber sunday type event those ideas could be coming at the benson of those networks that shell out a ton of dough for wwe dwelling viewership once again shout out to the goat Andrew Zarian of the Mat Men podcast tweeted out to expand on WWE's uh, gimmick, you know, shows coming back and etc. And he expanded on Russell Volt's previously uh, tweet as they reported this as well. So the previous report about WWE's themed events, he revealed that the networks have pitched ideas to the company in an effort to create more special programming. He said, I quote, heard the following, I quote, there will be a lot of more gimmicked theme shows. The network also have pitched several Raw and SmackDown shows as well. We will have to see what kind of special gimmick shows WWE can come up with. They might be handed an idea from Fox or USA Network that they can't refuse. This could lead to some interesting programming, but we do know to expect, quote unquote, a lot more gimmicked theme shows down the line the big question is what they will pick WWE have used a lot of themes over the years that could get a retirement King of the Ring and Cyber Sunday could be just the starting point as WWE continues their efforts to recapture attention in the marketplace fuck you WWE USA Network I see you. Fox, you know what's good. But fuck you, WWE. You're a piece of shit. Okay? Number one, who came up with theme shows? Who came up with the theme shows? Right here on the fucking podcast. It's the Wrestling Takeover podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Turner. And I was the one that continuously pitched theme shows for Raw and SmackDown throughout the year. I even pitched it when I had wrestling vibes when I did my blog all those years ago. I pitched it there too. This pisses me off. And it pisses me off because, number one, I pitched this shit years ago for the WWE. You have theme shows spread across Raw and SmackDown throughout the year. Theme shows on Raw, theme shows on SmackDown. Build those things as pay-per-view caliber shows. It will get the ratings up. It will have importance to not only Raw, but it will have importance to Friday Night SmackDown. Why does it have to take Fox and USA Network to pitch these ideas for WWE to be like, yeah, you know what, we'll finally do it. Motherfucker, I've been doing that shit for you guys for fucking years now. Guys, when I tell you I'm one of the most creative people in the community, I'm not bullshitting you guys. This pretty much solidified that fact exactly. Because I pitched this. Theme shows for a long time now. I'm not just saying shit. I am not just saying shit whatsoever, man. Theme shows... For both Raw and SmackDown. Have to happen. It will benefit. All parties involved. It will benefit the USA Network. It will benefit Fox. It will benefit the fans. Because now the fans. Will have a reason to go out there. And watch a Monday Night Raw. And watch a Friday Night SmackDown. That's all I've ever wanted. You have those theme shows. Spread out across. The pay per view calendar. Why does it have to take the USA Network? Why does it have to take a Fox to tell the WWE to do something like that? Where there's been someone that has been saying that and have the WWE do exactly this for many years now, and they didn't do it. Now you want to do it. It will make the pay per views even more important. It will make Royal Rumble. It will make WrestleMania. It will make SummerSlam Survivor Series. It will make those pay-per-views feel even more important. I even brought up King and Queen of the Ring to be its own pay-per-view. Not a themed show. Do not do that as a themed show. That should be a pay-per-view. Replace Money in the Bank for King and Queen of the Ring. If you're doing a King of the Ring... There's going to be people complaining about, where's the women? So you, could, should, you should probably do a Queen of the Ring as well. All in one night, the winners go on to face their respective champions at SummerSlam in the co- and main events. That's what you do. Period. As I know, I, you, listen, I don't want to be cocky or nothing, but I know what I'm talking about. I do, okay? This is what WWE should have done years ago. I seen it this morning when I went to the gym and I seen it on Twitter and I shook my head like they're doing this now. They're going to be doing this in the next several years. You should have done this years ago. Why do you have to do things like this now when your ratings are in the toilet for both Raw and both SmackDown? These shows are a struggle to get through I'm not joking there's some of you guys out there that probably enjoy Raw I don't know how you enjoy Raw but if you enjoy Raw God bless you Smackdown it's easy to get through there's some more things on there that I like more than Monday Night Raw but these theme shows will benefit Raw and it will benefit Smackdown trust me it's something that needs to be done No, no question about it. No question. Now, I want to talk about WWE management blaming writers when they don't want to push superstars. Here is another topic that I want to get to. And this comes from, of course, Ringside News, where everybody gets their news and rumors from. So the current WWE program Has a lot of flaws, including 50-50 booking, feuds that don't go anywhere, teams splitting up for no reason, and storylines not making any sense. No shit. No shit. This is obvious. So all of this has led to fans simply being tired of the company and the disinterest of the fans is reflected in the dwelling ratings of both main roster shows. Over the past few years. Man, WWE's got to get it together. They got to get it together. Stop, start listening to the fans. You know, start being passionate about what you book. Don't just book week to week. Have long-term planning. Be creative. Be consistent. Be passionate. It feels like WWE is not passionate whatsoever. Specifically in management. It feels like they're not passionate. They don't give a damn. About what's happening. On these TV shows. And that is reflected. With the weekly shows. We see that you guys don't care. Just by 50-50 booking. No characters. No investment in storylines. Fucking up the women's division. And not caring about the women's division. At all. You did the women's evolution with Ronda. And this is a fact. I don't care what anyone has to say. WWE. That the women's evolution pay-per-view. They brought in Ronda Rousey. It was all a publicity stunt. Because if it was not a publicity stunt. I don't want to scream here. But I'm just very upset. It's not a publicity stunt. Then why aren't the women getting more TV time? Why aren't the women having, you know, in-depth storylines? Why aren't the women having characters? You have some of the best women's wrestlers in the world. Okay? Triple H said that if you want the best of women's wrestling, you come to the WWE. Guess what, Triple H, motherfucker? It don't look like that. It doesn't look like that. WWE needs to start taking care of the women's division. It's terrible. There's no storylines for us fans to be invested in. There's no characters for us to really sink our teeth into and be invested in. These matches are not that long. Why is that the case? That's because there's people in management. And this is a fact. I don't need to know anybody in WWE. I can just watch and come to a conclusion on my TV screen. There are people in WWE that genuinely don't care about women's wrestling. And that's sad. That is heartbreaking to hear. You have some of the best women in the world. Some of my favorites, just personally as a pro wrestler, like Sasha Banks, Io Shirai. You got Dakota Kai. You got Bianca Belair, you got Rhea Ripley, you got Bailey. you got Becky, you got Charlotte Flair. You have some of the best in the world. And you don't care to give them characters? You don't care to give them quality, in-depth storylines? Favoritism is a bitch in the WWE. Look at the in-depth character in the in-depth production that Roman Reigns is getting. You can't give that to anybody else. It's got to be Roman. If you gave a tenth of the passion and the drive and the determination to book the tribal chief as the tribal chief now and you give that to some of the women, all the women, you gave that to some of the lower card people, I'm telling you right now. It would be a lot more better from a character's perspective, from a storyline perspective. Show that same passion you give Roman Reigns. Show that same passion you give to the Usos. Give it to everybody else on that roster. And trust me, it will reflect. I'm sorry, I wanted to, I have to go on that tangent. But I'm going to continue with the article. While WWE creatives certainly have their own share of blame. For the rapid decline in the quality of product it seems WWE management also has their own responsibility in the matter before i continue first of all the ww creative should not be blamed for really anything because i know for a fact i just know this some of those creative writers probably come up with great ideas but they're always debunked by vince mcmahon period While speaking to the Busted Open radio, former WWE writer and current MLW CEO, Kurt Cobainer, if I botched his name, I apologize. Uh, He discussed his time in WWE, working in WWE for several years. Bauer is well aware of how the company functions and mentioned what WWE writers are told when a superstar is no longer getting pushed. He said, I quote, And then there's stuff you don't know about, like, yeah, you can't push that guy. And we have no idea what's happening. We don't know if there's a contract issue. We don't know if that guy has heat for some random reason. We're just told he's on the do not disturb list. That's fucking ridiculous. Uh, Kurt Bauer then went to claim that, quote, creative has nothing for you is an excuse from WWE management to lay the blame on the writers in the company as WWE creative almost certainly has something or the other for the superstars. So you're fucking blaming the creative team that if you have nothing for them, you're blaming the writers. You. I'm going to continue. He said, but it's always kicked back. Oh, creative has nothing for you. No, creative has something for someone. It may not be for the best idea. It might be a horrible idea. And you wish they didn't have something for you. But that was an excuse built out of talent relations to pass the heat, especially when firing somebody. Instead of saying, yeah, man, you're a pain in my ass and we can't do a payroll with you on it and at the moment, whatever the issue is, but creative having nothing for you. Imagine you said to that to Vince McMahon. What would Vince McMahon say? Okay, is the wrestler gone or are you gone? Because if your obligation is to have creative, you think Vince is going to shrug his shoulders that often say, yeah, yeah, okay, that's understandable. Why would you have creative for that guy? I'm only paying you to do that. That never made sense to me. WWE creative will continue to get blamed for superstars not getting pushed, and it is not likely to change anytime soon. It is to be noted that there were partnership talks between WWE and MLW. However, those talks were already finished before WrestleMania 37 this year year. Fuck management. Fuck them. Okay? They're blaming the writers. Why are you blaming the writers? You have a higher position in management than these writers. So, if you don't want to push somebody, you're going to be like, yeah, hey, writers, we're not pushing this person, but it's your fault. Bitch, what the fuck? I would have went off. I would have said something. And I'd be like, yo, check this out. We got something for this particular person. But you, you in management, don't want to push this person. Don't put the blame on us and act like we have nothing for them. That's bullshit. When I say I would speak up if I was when in one of the writing rooms, I'm not joking with you. I would have spoke up because I'm getting blamed for something I didn't even do. That is pretty much management blaming these goddamn writers for something they didn't do. I bet you I'd put money that half of these writers have ideas for every single person. But instead, management doesn't have anything for them. So in that turn, okay, if management doesn't have anything for you, That means creative is not going to have nothing for you as well. That's a load of crap. I'm telling you, these these writers, I would love to write for the WWE. I really would. I feel like I have a lot of creativity that could be flown in that company. But man, reading these things really just have me scratching my head and be like, damn. It is really tough to be a creative writer in the WWE. WWE. If any fucking writer out there that wrote for the WWE, man, you want to like talk to me, I'm down to talk for sure, because this is crazy. These writers are getting blamed. Why are they getting blamed? They have ideas. Management doesn't. So in that case, the writers are to blame. Bitch, I already have ideas. You don't have any ideas. So you're going to put that blame on me and act like I don't have, de- have any ideas for a specific tag team or a specific person that's not cool that means management are a bunch of bitches that's what this article is telling me that management are a bunch of clowns they're a bunch of phonies they're crybaby bitches period that's terrible if I was a creative writer I'd be pissed I'm getting blamed for no reason that's pretty much what this article is saying that's ridiculous man So, that's my thoughts on WWE's topics. We went a long time with those, but I hope you guys are staying tuned to the podcast. Now, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to get some water. And when I come back, we're going to be talking about Impact Wrestling and finishing up with AEW right here on the Wrestling Takeover. Y'all, I am back. Let's talk about some Impact Wrestling. Just letting you guys know the card for Impact Slammiversary looks fucking great. I can't wait to watch it, and I'm definitely going to be covering it right here on the Wrestling Takeover. I can't wait to watch that and see what Impact Wrestling has in store. But speaking of Impact Wrestling, Moose's current contract situation with the promotion. This is from ringside news, of course. So, Moose is coming off a big match at Impact's Against All Odds. He lost a definitive title bout, and it was a devastating match against Kenny Omega that saw the Young Bucks invade the Impact Wrestling pay-per-view's main event. That will not be the end of the story for Moose. According to a report from PW Insider: Those in Impact Wrestling believe that Moose has inked a new deal with the company. The belief is that he will continue working with Impact Wrestling moving forward. They said, "I quote: The belief among those I've spoke to is that he comes to, ter- or that he's coming to terms on a new deal, but nothing has been officially announced." The Impact Wrestling World Title match at Against All Odds was filmed at Daly's place on june 4th that match included a lot of action but it was dark to hide the empty venue there still had some extra seats at ringside to support crowd noise so moose re-signing potentially a new contract with impact wrestling that's uh that's pretty great that really is it's pretty good for impact wrestling Um, Moose is very talented I'm a big fan of the guy Um, I started to become a fan of him In Impact Wrestling And I believe he's homegrown in Impact Wrestling And he's a main event player My Problem is Impact has a great roster My issue is Their TV deal man It's not the biggest And I want more eyes on Impact Wrestling I'm a big fan of Impact Wrestling I do watch Impact Wrestling Every single Thursday I just don't cover it, but I do watch. And I'm very impressed to the build of Slammiversary. I can't wait for that pay-per-view. It's gonna be a big deal. Now, I've come up with a lot of scenarios in terms of maybe Impact Wrestling should bring back TNA and rebrand it as TNA again. Maybe Impact Wrestling to you know some sort of partnership with AEW, which they have, but I want that partnership to even go extensively and maybe TNT, TBS can maybe work with Impact Wrestling, work with management and put their, you know, brand, put their platform on one of those networks on a Saturday or something like that. I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas because I really love Impact Wrestling. I love what they're doing. Their women's divisions on fire. Their tag team division really great. The X Division has always been one of the best, in my opinion. And speaking of the X Division, they are bringing back the X Division match. I cannot wait for this. I am a big fan of what Impact Wrestling did with that. And they are bringing it back, man. This is going to be crazy. This is going to be crazy. This is a big deal. And I don't know why they got rid of it, to be honest with you. I really never got why they got rid of that uh, gimmick match, the X-Division match, because it was definitely one of the highlights from Impact Wrestling pay-per-views. And I think it should be a consistent thing with Slammiversary moving forward. Um, Let me know if you guys agree with that. But, you know, the X-Division match with Impact Wrestling was always a highlight we used to see very high spots, you know, dangerous spots here and there. And that uh, stipulation is very cool. It's very unique with a lot of high flyers. And um, it's something that can be done. And I hope um, Impact Wrestling considers having it be an exclusive thing for Slammiversary. So we'll see what's popping with that. But congratulations, if it is true. Congratulations to Moose for starting a new contract with Impact wrestling speaking of impact wrestling mickey james likelihood headed back to the promotion now again i hope this is true because impact's knockouts division is pretty lit it is pretty lit so mickey james likely headed back to impact wrestling i thought she signed with nwa man i guess not We'll see what's popping with this one. So WWE released Mickey James, which is fucking ridiculous. Fuck the WWE for that. So they released Mickey James from her contract, and that started a pretty big controversy. Her release wasn't much what spark so many people crying out in anger, but it was how her properly was treated. WWE sent her a care package and a trash bag, which was apparently the walt of all releases were handed that eventually led to mark carano's firing mickey james will be exclusive producing nwa's upcoming all-female event but she hasn't been confirmed to wrestle okay i didn't know that she could be headed back to impact wrestling during impact wrestling this week tasha steals found a garbage bag in the dumpster with the word mickey written on it i did watch that i thought that was pretty interesting i kind of chuckled for a second and then i said to myself if mickey james is in impact wrestling that's a big deal for the knockouts division so she found the garbage bag of mickey james of the word mickey written on it this was a spoof of mickey james getting her gear mailed to her in a trash bag by wwe the wrestling observer newsletter noted that it looks pretty apparent that Mickie James is making her return to the company. Impact Wrestling U, Slam reverse Slammiversary VTs, the debut of many recent released WWE superstars. Now we will have to wait until July 17th to see who really shows up. I love it. I love it. I'm a big fan of it. Big fan of the decision if Mickie James indeed resigns with impact wrestling. Now I'm gonna talk about AEW and their news in a second. But if it is true that Mickey James was signed, what does that say about AEW? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? That Mickey James instead decided to sign with you know the WW or Impact Wrestling, excuse me. She decided to sign with Impact Wrestling. You know what I mean? Instead of, you know, going to AEW. That's pretty interesting to me. Does Mickey James consider AEW's women's division sexy right now? Does she consider it hot, booming in pro wrestling? Or does she consider the Knockouts division a little bit better than AEW's women's division? That's what it looks like. We have to wait and see what happens. I can't wait to see Mickey James back at Impact Wrestling. You know, the iconics, maybe they go to Impact Wrestling. We'll see what happens come July 17th for anniversary Let's get to AEW, you guys. Speaking of AEW, speaking of the devil, we got AEW to talk about, you guys. So, AEW is still... Not profitable. They're still not a profitable wrestling company yet. I seen this. I wanted to immediately talk about it. So this is from the Sports Center. Shout out to you guys out there, man. So how much Tony Khan's father invested to start AEW? Company still not profitable. So Jim Patterson published this three days ago. So check the article out. Um, After a massive investment from Tony Khan's father, and despite growing a fantastic rate, AEW is still not a profitable wrestling company. That's interesting. Let's read this. So just a couple of years in, AEW has semmed a footnote in the wrestling industry, and it continues to grow. Having said that, there's a long way to go before the company is where it wants to be. Absolutely. So Hank Tucker from Forbes took a look at the birth of AEW and how it's changed since that day. He shed light on the financial details for the promotion, its broadcast partnership with Warner Media, and how it involved Tony Khan's father, billionaire Jacksonville Jaguar owner Shad Khan, is in the company. As it stands now, AEW still operates in the red and isn't profitable ouch they landed a 43 75 million dollar deal for its programming on tnt last year but because of an eight figure fight investment into the company's video game development they aren't turning a profit okay that's not that's not good guys that really isn't um it's probably a matter of time before that changes it will change for sure but it goes to show you how much it costs to stake your claim in the industry as aew has shad Khan reportedly made a hundred million investment to kicking things off and while he wasn't stoked about his son jumping into the wrestling industry he noted i quote but i told tony look when i'm dead and gone i'm going to be leaving you and your sister a lot of money why don't you blow some of that off while I'm alive? So wrestling fans are glad Tony blew it off on AEW for sure. So AEW on the right track, but has a long way to go. Tucker writes, the $43.75 AEW received from TNT last year made up the largest share of its revenue, but that's rounding error compared to publicly traded company WWE's record yeah, this is ridiculous. WWE's record, $974 million in revenue in 2021. WWE's just a bigger company. WWE's more established than AEW. Period. He adds that it doesn't mean Tony is on the wrong track. AEW's pay-per-view numbers and ticket sales are growing, and the new Friday night show will bring in even more revenue. Khan said he expects its wrestling division to be profitable this year, and it helps that live crowds are back and that touring isn't far off. Yeah, man. So it's pretty much saying that AEW's a baby. AEW is a little pup, and they got ways to go. But AEW's on the right track, man. I might not be a big fan of AEW and what they're doing, but they got some stars. You know, Tony Khan is a smart cat. He knows what he's doing. And, um... We're just going to see what AEW does from a TV product. They're doing great. The ratings are solid. Um, You know, they should be in the millions. But, you know, when you barely start a company, you barely start a promotion, it's going to take a long time for you to get there. So but I feel like in a couple of years, AEW is going to get there and we'll see what happens with AEW Dynamite. Um, You know, people kind of talk about. AEW as it's the best thing in pro wrestling right now I wouldn't say it's the best thing in pro wrestling pretty much nothing's the best in pro wrestling right now wrestling is kind of struggling but AEW is an alternative to the WWE if you're upset with the WWE you got alternatives like Impact Wrestling and AEW but if we're really being realistic it's only AEW okay? but AEW still got a long way to go they got a long way to go. They're bringing in these legends to coach these young thoroughbreds, breads. And that's great for the business of AEW. They got to create new stars. They're doing that. And they got to establish the women's division. They got to establish the main event scene. You know, the TNT championship scene, the mid card scene there. Cody, it's the mid card. Sorry. But, you know, stuff with AEW is going well. Not everything's the best, but they're learning as the job goes on. They jumped in this fucking pool, man. They went right to the deep end first. They didn't even go in the five feet. They said, fuck it. We're going right in the deep end. Jump the that motherfucker. And they're going. So I support them because I want AEW to succeed. And if they succeed, everybody else succeeds. If WWE succeeds, everybody else succeeds. Everybody else is going to eat out of that plate. Not in WWE's eyes, but in AEW, they're working with Impact. Impact seeing success. You know what I mean? New Japan. New Japan seeing success. So, partnerships in pro wrestling really need to be established. Like, we really need to see that partnership with pro wrestling moving forward. And that's what we gotta see. So, we'll see what happens with AEW. That's all I got for you guys today on the Wrestling Takeover. I hope you guys, you know, Go follow the podcast on Instagram at The Wrestling Takeover. And go follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. Subscribe and follow to The Wrestling Takeover on iTunes, Anchor, Google Play, all podcast platforms. Thank you guys for the continued love and support. The next time I will see you guys is Sunday night for WWE Hell in a Cell. It's the Creative King. It's a wrap. I will see you guys next time. Seventeen shots, no thirty-eight Yeah, I got the Glock in my Robbie Seventeen shots, no thirty-eight Yeah, she's fine Wonder will she be mine? Walk past, I press rewind See that ass one more time And I got this soda Remy, boys,